Gospel reading is from John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out, and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Here ends the Gospel reading. Hollywood has always had a thing for weddings. Making movies about them, and fawning over the weddings of celebrity couples, that is. Apparently, there's something about the drama of walking down the aisle, the commitment of saying, I do, the cost of a great reception, and the supposed wildness of a bachelor party that keeps screenwriters scribbling and the movie-going public paying. Yeah, the hangover was funny, and yes, Bridesmaid was crazy, and of course, Wedding Crashers was epic. And let's be clear, I'm not endorsing these movies. They are not family entertainment. But these movies do give us a talking point, an entry point, for discussion of this week's Gospel reading. Even with the Hangover franchise on its resume, Hollywood still falls short when it comes to a jaw-dropping wedding story with the most cultural cachet. According to John's Gospel, that honor belongs to Jesus. Yes, by miraculously providing wine for the wedding at Cana, Jesus did more than ensure a great party for those in attendance. He kicked off a wedding celebration so insanely awesome that it changed the world we live in and is, in fact, still going strong to this day. Back in the first century, a wedding celebration was a big deal maybe even more than today's grand events. My daughter is getting married in May, so I'm seeing what goes into planning weddings today. Weddings are much different today than when I was married. Getting married today costs most couples a small fortune. In fact, the average family drops around 28 grand for just one day's worth of celebrating. However, in Jesus' day, it was common for a wedding celebration to last an entire week. Seven days was the Jewish custom. That's seven days of feasting, drinking, abstaining from work, and enjoying the company of loved ones, 
all as a way of celebrating and sharing in the new family's joy. Now that is a party, and one has to imagine that it couldn't have come cheaply. Knowing all this makes what John tells us about the problems at the wedding in Cana seem all the more pressing. John writes, On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Wine held deep practical and spiritual significance for Jewish celebrations. Practically, it did what wine does for us today. It filled the stomach and gladdened the heart. Spiritually, it served as a sign and symbol of the joy and blessings that flow from God's hand into the hearts and lives of the Lord's chosen people. Without wine, the celebration would no doubt come to a grinding halt, with its absence leaving a bitter taste in the mouths of the guests and shame in the heart of the host. At the prodding of his mother, Jesus makes sure the celebration does not cease. Filling six large stone water jars, Jesus performs his very first miracle, transforming around 150 gallons of water into an overflow of aged-to-perfection wine. For sure, this was not the kind of one that, wine that comes out of a box and can be bought in bulk. Why would Jesus provide wine for this party? This moment was about so much more than Jesus using his power as Messiah to keep the fun flowing. This was the Savior of the world pressing play on a new era in the kingdom of God and sending a message, namely, that all which the wine and wedding signified spiritually and culturally for the Jewish people was now available to be tangibly and fully enjoyed through him, the Christ. It's a truth that if we really let it sink in would radically change the way we go about our daily lives. Now, for example, today, as in the first century, good wine at a great wedding leads to an undeniable sense of joy. The same is true with Jesus. The forgiveness of sin leads to joy. Because of Christ, the thing that really matters, being right with God, has been reconciled. The Apostle Paul is overwhelmed at this idea when he asks in the letter to the Romans, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, if God is really on our side through Jesus Christ, then what could one possibly come up with that could drag us down? Drink that in. Let it redden your cheeks. Raise your glass. Sin is forgiven and death is conquered. Jesus has filled you with joy. In God's word, wine and wedding imagery were tied to the hope of eternity. Now, I know my daughter. When all the usual activities, 
the introduction of the wedding party, the toast, the couple's first dance, the cutting of the cake, greeting all of the guests one-on-one. She will kick off her shoes and dance the rest of the night. This may start out with a glass of wine or two, but it will continue because of the joy and love celebrated that day. Now, during the ceremony, I will tell her and her fiancé that the covenant they make includes God, who can make the joy and love they share that day more than a lifetime. It can last forever. When we look at the blood of the cross and the emptiness of the tomb, we see more than a reason to be hopeful. We see a guarantee of our hope for future. We have more than a nostalgic moment. We have an undeniable destiny. With this being true, we can aim for so much more than to simply feel hopeful for a moment. We can live hope-filled through every storm, fight, up day, and down season, knowing that Jesus Christ has fought, won, and guaranteed a glorious feast-filled future for us. In Christ, there is every reason to be optimistic about the road ahead. Now note that John purposely tells us that Jesus filled six stone jars, typically used for the Jewish rites of purification. With the water he changed into an abundance of wine. The jars were filled to the brim. This is no insignificant detail. By transforming the water of these jars into wine for the party, Jesus is sending a message that the blessings he brings meet the deepest of needs. He was sending a message that at his party, the wine of his truth would do more than gladden the heart and redding the cheeks. It would do and give the things of God. Those who drink from him would not simply feel rich for a week, but would be rich and whole in the things of God for eternity. One day, we will enjoy a wedding feast to beat all wedding feasts, where God's forgiven people will celebrate their eternal resurrected life with him, their love, in a brand new home. Yeah, the hangover was funny and bridesmaids was crazy, but Hollywood has nothing on Jesus. By miraculously providing wine for the wedding at Cana, he not only ensured a great celebration for those in attendance, but he kicked off a wedding reception so insanely awesome that it's still resonating today, and everyone's been invited to it. Those blockbuster movies are now relegated to the TV streaming services, but the joy and love of the celebration of God's unconditional love and forgiveness goes on and on for eternity. The wedding feast initiated at the arrival of Jesus will linger over you forever, filling you with more joy, more hope, and more abundant blessing than any movie or any other wedding, including the one at Cana, ever could. Amen.